Welcome to the Weekly Roar. I'm Grant Bruner. I'm Rob Webster. This is episode 746. Just us boys. Rob, what animal are you thinking of today? I'm thinking of cats. Just the concept of cats, or like a specific cat or cats? And I, uh, I've been, I've been in the middle, uh, in the midst of a campaign to get some cats, and the to campaign's own working. Some cats, or to oh just, yeah. Uh, well, I have some bad news. The animal I'm thinking of is one uh, fart darling. <laughs> fart darling. Yeah, uh, darling. The the cat that we watched for six months is now back. Hey. <laughs> That's not the sound I would make, but uh, she is back, so that is the animal that I'm thinking of the most. Have you uh, been playing some games? Yeah, I've played a few games. What have you been playing? What of it? Uh, So I've (laughs) been (laughs) playing... You want to go outside, mate? (laughs) Uh, So the first one I've been playing, and this is the most significant, which I believe you've been playing as well, is uh, Two Point Campus. I need to remind myself not to say hospital. Yes, uh, I, I have I have made that mistake multiple times. It's so easily done. For some reason, Two Point Hospital weirdly rolls off the tongue. On two it's point almost camp- like the names are very similar. <laughs> yeah, they are quite similar. So yeah, as the name implies, it is a simulation game uh, in, the, in the world of Two Point County where all of the people are horrific bean people. And uh, it's it's very very similar management sim to um, Two Point Hospital, mm-hmm. except it's set in Da University, and people mm-hmm. are doing Da lectures. They're learning to better themselves for mm-hmm. the betterment of the world and others. Um, it's it's a really hard one to talk about because it does so many of the things quite similarly to Two Point Campus uh, to Two Point Hospital. Fuck you, Mary. <laughs> It does so many things very similarly to hospital. I'm just yes. going to stop saying two point before everything because it, it turns it turns me onto autopilot. Um, hospital parens yes. two point. <laughs> hospital, hospital comma two point. Yes. Um, so yeah, the things that it does different to hospital are quite are quite minor things. That it's it, it would be like patch notes if I just uh, if I just listed them. But the the vibe. Feels nicer. It's I way know that, nicer, like a yeah. lot nicer. I think, and I, I think that like with the hospital, you're you're constantly getting waves of of people. Like there is like you're constantly getting bar- a barrage of of like, hey, these people are sick, motherfucker, get it together. Where this is like you know operates like schools operate, and like you have semesters, so like. You know, you get people coming in when it's semester time, and you're controlling, like, how many people you want to have in. Like, you can upgrade, but you don't have to upgrade. If you don't feel like dealing with that shit yet, like, oh, I need to make sure I need to make some money first. I'm just going to do another year at this rate. You can't. You can. It's fine. And it feels weirdly, for reasons I can't quite explain, it feels more like you are helping people. Like, with hospital, it felt very much, even though you are literally curing diseases and saving lives, it felt very like a factory line. It was like, these people go here, and then they spend as little time as possible in the hospital as you can, and then you fleece them for all their money, and then you send them home. Whereas I find the emphasis on, oh, you want to make sure they're having a good time. You want to make sure that uh, their pastoral needs are kept for mm-hmm. even though they, they 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 sound like busy work it, it gives a sense to the gameplay arc of oh you're actually trying to make a thing that is a nice place to be as opposed to doing an efficiency puzzle and that 
pictorial, like just a Britishism, because like I when they first said that, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck in a pasture, because like I assume that just means like your mental health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but that's never used here. That that is not a word that we use here. No, yeah, I I I remember I remember maybe as a I remember the first time I heard it. Uh, thinking the same thing because I I learned about pastures at a younger age than pastoral care. But yeah, no, it's, it's very it's very it's very um particularly in a university setting. It's it's a very yeah. common phrase. Um, but yeah, and the and the other thing as well, which which you which you sort of alluded to, was um because it is structured and because you do know um how many people you're going to be getting in a year, you get to choose what courses they're going to be studying in a year. Uh, the thing that is that's very nice is uh, so the academic year is split into months. Um, it's split into twenty-four half months technically. You can see the calendar going along at the bottom, um, and then when it reaches the end, time stops and yeah. the people are still moving around. But you've got as much time as you want to buy things up, to build things, to move yeah. things around, to start reconfiguring things, and it makes it feel like a very different kind of puzzle. It makes yeah. it feel yeah a lot less like. I'm I'm only vaguely aware. Like I'm making sure that everyone's got uh, toilets near them and stuff like that. But other than that, I'm not worrying too much about the layout. I'm not sat there in the same. In the, whereas with hospital, I was thinking, right, I need to diagnose what's wrong with them. I need to put all of those rooms really close to each other. Then I need to make sure that I've got a surgery ring that's over here. It's a little bit more. Oh, I'll put some dormitories over there. I'll put uh, the the weird benches which you have to sit on, the garish heart-shaped ba- benches that they have to sit on if you want them to uh, start talking about their feelings. I'll put mm-hmm. them over there. And all of that stuff. It's, it's got a really nice rhythm in a way that feels like, although, as, as I describe it, it, it does sound a little bit like patch notes. It feels like, whereas I would say the two-point hospital felt like a modernization of a specific game that I played in about 1997, mm. this feels like the team going, okay, how do we, how do we uh, change some of the things that people might have assumed to accord to uh, this kind of experience? And I, I think it works quite nicely. I'm, 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 I'm enjoying it. I mean, I was playing it for an hour and a half before we started this, uh, this call. Mm-hmm. And honestly, as it was rolling down to 8.55, uh, stop approaching recording time, I was going, oh, okay, fine. I guess I'll have to put a pin in that. I'm maybe thinking, maybe I launch it back after we've finished recording. I'm really enjoying it. That's good. I mean, that's good that you're, you're feeling good about a video game. Yeah, um, no, I'll take it. Um, there's a couple of things that, in my experience, so I, I, have, I have unlocked everything but the last one. Oh, um, you're further in it than me then. Oh, okay. Um, and so I, I, I would say I broadly like it and I would say I like it more. I just, I, I think college, uh, is just a, a, a less of a bummer. Yes, agreed. <laughs> than a hospital. Um, and it, it, they made, like, I'm sure that they made this decision about what game they were making before there was a worldwide pandemic, pandemic. Yes. But, uh, they made, they made the right one. Yes, they, they well. Um, correct. Um, I think that some of it, like, they lampshade some things that I think in one way it's funny and the other way is like, well, maybe you could have rethought that. Um, one of it <laughs> is, uh, the dorms is that they're like, hey, listen, um, you know, people share beds. Don't, don't think about it. <laughs> don't, don't think too hard about it. You just put some beds. Don't, don't. 
worry about whose Benzies are. Don't think about it. Um, and it's like, I don't know. Maybe you could have done something about it. You, like, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it, you needed to nitty gritty place literally one bed for every one person, but like, you maybe could have abstracted that a bit better. Yeah, that could have been at least, at least bunk beds or something like that. Yeah. So, or, or like, you're getting, like, you're getting pods of beds. Like, yes. Or like, it, 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 it feel, it feels weird because like, people are like, literally, like, you see the literal individual people going to individual classes and then it would be like, Okay, well, how are these people all going to sleep? And there's like, there's no day night cycle. It doesn't really make a ton of sense. <laughs> uh, and I like, I'm not saying that it needs to like properly model the way the real world works, but it is weird. And then it is weird that they call it out that they're like, Hey, let, hey, man, don't just stop, stop thinking about it. Just, uh, <laughs> put some beds. Yeah. It's like putting up a sign that says, we didn't quite finish percolating this idea. <laughs> Here it is. Yes. Um, it's a little weird. And then also, uh, I've gotten multiple times in the audio is like, um, sequels. That's some fucking bullshit, right? Lazy oh. making sequels. Lazy people. Assholes make sequels. Is that is that on the is that on the radio? Yeah, uh, I've I've not heard that dialogue. I, I my traditional way of playing one of these games is I will enjoy the radio for maybe my first two play sessions, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, I'm gonna listen to my own music now. Reminder: I am not your mom. Yeah, yeah. F- f- funny briefly. Yes, I've now heard that eighteen times. <laughs> Yeah, no, I've uh, I have turned that lady up. <laughs> it is the same woman that um, did the announcements on theme hospital again in about 1997. So that there is a, it is it is strange hearing her with the exact same voice 25 years later. It's uh, yeah, it's a pretty good voice. I mean, I think it it works. Even though I'm the the exact thing that 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 is like you know working on like a, a, the way British announcements are done. It's not exactly that I've had like that exact experience before, but it's like yeah, all right, yeah. I mean, I, I, this this is a good announcement voice. It is a good announcement voice. I can confirm. I wish they just wrote some more stuff. Yeah, yeah. It does feel like they cycle through quite quickly. Um, and I mean that's kind of the problem. Like voice acting is expensive, yada yada yada. But you did put it in the game. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's like when you when you put you know half baked things in the game, it's like well I understand why it's half baked, but I I wish I would prefer it to be fully baked. Yeah, like it is one of those legacy decisions where you would go, all right, let's say that I wanted a system of. <laughs> I wanted. To, I was making a management game. And I wanted it to be a little bit quirky, so I wanted yeah. a system where there would be quips that play. How often? Oh, let's say every five minutes. How many voice lines are you going to write? I don't know. Twenty. Brilliant. <laughs> Put it in. Yeah, there. people won't need more than that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I feel like I feel like it's it's very much uh, a decision they made twenty five years ago that yeah. uh, is not meeting the moment. It's um I would say I'm I'm having a I'm, I'm having a better time I would say than I had with Two Point Hospital. Yeah, I'm su- I'm surprised that you've uh, you've made it all the way to the end just because I like I know that you you enjoyed Two Point Hospital, but it wasn't like I I I'm conscious that I'm one of those people who spent hundreds of hours in yeah. Two Point Hospital, um, and I, <laughs> I don't know. It always it always surprises me hearing other people. It always surprises me that the weird thing that I spent maybe two hundred hours on like four years ago, people are like, oh yeah, I'm I'm probably going to roll credits on that. And I'm like, oh cool, yeah, <laughs> I, that too. I mean, like, so I'm I think I. 
I think I just um luxuriate in it less than you. I think yeah. I am just I am just like, all right, listen, man, I'm here and we're going to be ruthlessly efficient. <laughs> uh, um we're going to get some shit done here. Um and that's been good. Um uh, it, it is weird and also like uh, they lock out the sandbox from the get-go. They make you like play a certain way into the game before they give you the sandbox mode. And yet, I've not really felt compelled to go into the sandbox mode. No, I don't. I don't know that I've unlocked the sandbox mode. I certainly don't feel like I don't feel like it's come up with a little pop up, and I'm not. I'm not missing a sandbox at all. Or I feel like, uh, um, in in many of these ga- types of games, I'm like, fuck your campaign. <laughs> like, I don't want your campaign. I want to build a cool thing. Yeah, uh, this is a game that I feel like the campaign mix is 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 pretty well paced. I think that's absolutely true. Yes. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's a very different proposition than something like The Sims where you're yeah. going, okay, what I really want to do here is make, make a cool little, uh, <laughs> a cool giant castle full of gargoyles yeah. or whatever. Uh, whereas this one is like, okay, yeah, I will, I will, I'll accept your challenges. I will, <laughs> I'll do the challenges. Yeah. And, and, you know, they, they do some nice, some nice theming. There's a, there's a Harry Potter school. Yeah. I was, I've, I've been surprised and depressed by how diverse the themes of the levels are. Like, I was expect, again, because my main, uh, entry point is hospital, where it's the third level is going to be the second level plus one extra thing. And then the seventh level is going to be the sixth plus one extra thing. Whereas here, it feels very, like, it's split into today we're going to do a sports center today we're going to do yeah a, a wizard college today we're going to do this archaeological dig and all those things like those i things, like the archaeology one a lot i really like the archaeology one i was surprised by how much i enjoyed the sports one as well um i it just had a good vibe um the it is interesting because also not only is not only is the theming different the, the theme of the campus is is different um but also, like, kind of, like, how they are balancing the challenge is different. So, like, uh, in, for example, the, the Harry Potter one, um, it is, there, there's, like, a lady casting curse, which, uh, causes people to be really fucking bummed out all the time. So you yeah. are, you are constantly in that, on that map, you are constantly fighting, like, crippling depression. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody's just, like every every three minutes is just some it's dinging where it's like three students are on the verge of dropping out they are so sad i was like i've broadly really enjoyed this game that particular level i uh i didn't realize that i could buy extra plots outside the, the so it gives you a little castle courtyard mm. where you can buy like two or three plots inside it and i didn't realize that you could expand past that so i was I I made the mistake of also going, you know what, this is going to be a wizard school and a night school. Let's add some jousting in here. And I was I ended up playing it as a Tetris puzzle where everyone hated me, everyone was constantly getting cursed, everything was constantly blowing up. People were just running down like people from rival schools were running down casting mm-hmm. spells, making everyone deeply upset. And I did not realize that I could make more space. So it was, it was, it was that one, that one level because I missed a very important trick was a real slog for me. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I, um, 
I did love the because con- I because basically I ev- like I was just constantly in the tab that is like manage the people's happiness and like sort by happiness. I wish that the, that the menus were better. They're not. They're not bad or anything, but I do wish that they were better. Um, yeah. I wish that they like saved your status. So like I want to sort by happiness, and every time you close out and go back in, you have to resort it over and over and over and over and over. And I was like in that level alone, I probably clicked it like fifty times. Yeah, yeah, no, it does get very repetitious. There was a similar one where I had to keep uh, grades up, um, mm-hmm. and I think I ended up doing it by expelling people. That might have been the same. That might have been the same level actually. Um, yeah, but that was oh boy, the number of times that I was going. I hope show all students. Yep. Filter by grades, not in that direction. Okay, click all of these and to the private tutor. It was it was a real it was a real kerfuffle. It also seems like we should be at the point where in a in a in a, like a management sim like this is that there should be a thing like you you are hiring like a a like specialist that automatically is is like in that is going around and seeing students that are um sad or whatever and sending them to pastoral care or sending or seeing students like a guidance counselor like oh your grades are bad i'm sending you to private tutoring instead of having to manually go individually and be like go to fucking tutoring god damn it yeah goodness I, they i have noticed they will if if you leave them long enough and they're on the verge of dropping out and the queue is empty sometimes they seem to go to pastoral care on their own but it seems mm-hmm. to be a bit of a crapshoot yeah um, it, it seems like it seems like there is there's a way that they could like add a mechanic where you or you are autom you're having automation without it without it just being like well we're we're taking out like the mechanic of you having to notice like you're you're adding in the layer of autom of automation like uh in something like um like Stardew Valley, where it's like, okay, you have to water your crops, but once you get to a certain point, once you're a couple hours in, you're getting a sprinkler to water your crops for you. Like, you are, you are, it is part of the game is getting to the point where you can add in automation. Yeah, I, I would really appreciate something like that on the, certainly on some of the levels. Yeah, agreed. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, like, there is definitely room for improvement, but, uh, I think overall pretty good. I also think the game looks better. And I think part of the reason why I think the game looks better is that I see the, the people less. Yeah, I, I think it looks good for what it is. And like, the UI, although, as you say, there are some, there are some things that are a little bit fussy about it. It's broadly doesn't get in the way. Very clear. Shows you what you need to know. Good, good stuff. Um, yeah, I, I still don't like the art design at all. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that like the way the buildings look and all that stuff is fine. Like yeah. that, that doesn't bother me. The people, the way characters look is just I hate I hate it. I I hate looking every time there's like a loading screen, which is to be fair, not often. Yeah, um, it's it's really only when you're like going back, like hey, I'm going to cancel out of this and go back to the like the main menu or something. Um, when that you see that and you see the character models up close, it's like oh god, why did they do that? Yeah, no, there's one loading screen where it looks like their eyes are popping out of their sockets, and I'm like, it looks like uh, Wallace from Wallace and Gromit's Metaverse yeah. avatar, and I hate it. Yes, yes. <laughs> somebody, somebody told. Well, Mark Zuckerberg, that Wallace and Gromit exists. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, but you know, hey, look, man, like I, I obviously for with like any video game, I can just go down and like talk about the stuff that is like could be improved. But uh, in general, pretty good. Yeah, agreed. Any other video games? Yeah, I've been, I've, I've tipped my toe into a game called. 
Demon Turf that uh, is so it's a 3D platformer. Um, I it was tangentially referred to in a in a YouTube video I saw, and I thought, hey, that looks kind of cool. Uh, and I had a little bit of um, credit on Xbox for. I don't remember. It's one. Of, I, I seem to accrue it, and I'm not really sure why. I think it's whenever I subscribe to Game Pass, it gives me some credits or some old shit. Either mm. way, I thought, you know what? I'll happily check this out. I was I was between games at the time. I wanted to play something a little bit brain off. I wanted to play something a little bit uh, not nostalgic, nostalgic, but I wanted to play something that felt a little bit like like the pure joy of a Mario game. You know mm-hmm. that that. Yeah. I'm ju- it's just play. I wanted it to just be play. Um, and broadly, I would say that's what I got with Demon Turf. So um, it is a game where it's set in, I don't know, hell, question mark? And you are some kind of uh, demon who is who had a dream about the queen of hell, and now you're trying to kill the queen of hell. It's not a very plot-heavy game. It is um, so. It's, it's a three D, um, a three D platformer, uh, kind of in the style of a Mario sixty four kind of uh-huh. thing. Um, your character uh, and all the characters are two D. Um, so it's a really, it's a weird stylistic mix of um, this two D pixel art traveling through a three D world, which sounds like it shouldn't work, or it sounds like it it's shouldn't like a scan Paper Mario visual. Adventure. A little bit like that, yeah, yeah. But it, it, and it does, it does, it doesn't get in the way of handling the way that or I do. was worried that it might. Yes, 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 yes. And it does, it does have that kind of uh, slightly gnarly um, retro aesthetic way where I could believe that it was a PS One game, and I could believe that it was a lost PS One game. Broadly, like they I would... built this with the Doom engine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the, uh, I guess the twist is um that you set the checkpoints yourself so you will have four flags that you can put through the level as you so choose um and you'll go you know what this is this is a really tough challenge this has been this has got me once or twice i'm gonna put a flag just here so that i can keep on doing it and keep on doing it um that's, that's fun when it makes you feel clever. <laughs> and then when you run out of flags, by the time you reach uh, the genuinely hard bit, you go, ah, fuck, mm. I've truly misplayed this. Um, in a way that I found I found kind of fun, but in a way that I wouldn't want to repeat, if you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the ah, the consequences of my own actions. Um, so it's... It's a weird little game. I've played through the first world, so I've beaten the first... Yeah, so I've played through about 10, 11, 12 levels, something like that, um, because I played a little way into the second world as well. I've beaten one boss, and I've broadly had a pretty good time. Um, it, 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 it does feel, to its credit in a lot of ways, like a lost game from the 1990s, but it does the, the boss sequence in particular... Um, was an absolute pain in the neck. Um, it, it, so while the jumping and the flying around and you can do like all of these 
double jumps where if you roll and then you jump, then it has, gives you different mobility options. And it really it really rewards you for knowing the game and it really rewards you for playing about and trying different things. And that stuff all works really well. Um, I don't think that the fighting works particularly well. So the, the, the boss is mostly trying to dodge um, movement and it, it felt... I, I took a video um, on while I was playing on uh, on the Xbox of the moment that I beat the boss. So it's taking me through sequences, maybe like a Splatoon boss battle where it would go, oh, you need to jump on the ink rail in order to reach the boss. And in this instance, it was knock a, knock a big pile of trash into him. Um, but the camera controls failed me as they were throughout this boss battle. So I couldn't really see where the boss's attacks were coming from. And it was quite painful um and it just it just felt a little bit like oh that's that's not quite working the way that i want it to and this this what was i assume the denouement because it had like a uh, a dialogue box at the bottom going wow you really sucked into that pig man or whatever the dialogue was like um i could not see anything i could just see the bottom of a floating island so i was like cool i bet that was pretty neat um so that's just a bit of a shame and that's that's certainly its weak spot but its strong spots are the music absolutely slaps um the general vibes are really good it does feel it does it is it was giving me the 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 fun play vibe the light the art direction is uh mixed i would say i think the the main player character is pretty cool um but there are a lot of the npcs that look like weird (laughs) unless paint they look like sonic ocs drawn by an (laughs) eight-year-old Now, if it was a game of all Sonic OCs, then sign me up. Um, it wasn't that Sonic uh, Sonic Forces. That's fair. I guess that is Sonic OC Cole in the video game. But I want I want them to like import. Like I want you to log in with your Deviant Art account and like it imports your Sonic OCs. Yeah, it's a strange. It's such a strange mix of some things in the game will be very very stylish, and then the uh, yeah the. The NPCs are like if I reckon if I asked a ten-year-old, a moderately talented ten-year-old, to draw a pigman in MS Paint, mm-hmm. I reckon they'd be they'd be drawing yeah. the demon turf NPCs. It's a it's a it's an anthropomorphic raccoon, but it has Sephiroth's sword. <laughs> Not even that far off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, listen, man, I've been on the internet. <laughs> I know what that looks like. Um, demon turf. That's pretty good. Um, you also have uh, various Pokemons and a Splatoon. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll mention Pokemon Radical Red briefly. Uh, this is a ROM hack that I have been playing, uh, and I've been playing it on a physical Game Boy Advance. It's Laura a while ago bought a um, a cartridge. Um, basically, because she, she wanted to uh, wanted to be able to play stuff on the uh, physical Game Boy Advance, and we're going okay. Well, so, uh, I, I'd kind of forgotten we had it, and I was I was starting it up, and I, I think I just said out loud, "Oh, I can't, I I don't know how to uh, I don't know how to download an emulator in in the year of our 2022. I don't know which ones seem trustworthy. Even the trustworthy ones seem untrustworthy um, because they're all up in like Softonic or all of those weird websites." Um, she was like, "Oh, just pop it on the pop it on the Game Boy," and uh, I am really enjoying playing a proper handheld game on a proper handheld console. So, Pokemon Radical Red is uh, so they took Fire Red, which is the the Game Boy Advance remake of Pokemon Red, the original Pokemon game, um, 
where some enterprising young developers have gone, okay, let's put literally everything that is in the Pokemon series up to date in this game. So um, in Pokemon Swords and Shield, if you remember, you can uh, battle a giant version of a Pokemon, and it's uh, it's a team battle, and it's got a big old health bar, and then it will, um, once it reaches a certain health threshold, it will gain some extra fake HP bars that you've got to bust through, like some shields. And then when you do that, then it loses some defense and some special defense. And all of that is has been added. It's been bolted onto this um, Pokemon Game Boy Advance game from yeah, about 2004. And it works pretty well. And they've got all of the Pokemon and they've remixed it so that you can start getting Pokemon from all the different generations really early on. They've got every pretty much every gimmick that has been in any of these games we've got like mega evolution and you've got they've recently done a thing where you can get um different forms of pokemon like they regional forms from different like they've evolved differently in different areas um right up to pokemon legends arceus that just released this year but there are new pokemon from that game that are in this rom hack and it's just wonderful like the yeah, I, I feel like if I were to return to Pokemon Fire Red on its own, I kind of know that, like the back of my hand, I know that too well. I don't think I would be as far into the game as I am now, where I had I just gone, I'm going to see if I can find a uh, ROM of Pokemon Fire Red. But the, uh, the formula of taking a game that I have fondness for and remixing it with things that I also have fondness for in a way that I've not seen before, and also by increasing the difficulty of it, so it feels more like a uh, oh, I don't want to say I don't want to use the word Dark Souls, but it feels like it's really trying to uh, challenge you at every step. It really Rob, tries. is this the Dark Souls of Pokemon? Oh, I feel like that's such a hack thing to say, but yes, um, it's it's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, like genuinely challenging gym leaders where I was I was throwing myself against the same boss battle effectively. They only had four Pokemon. I had a full team of six, Um, maybe three or four times before I had to regroup, change my team, start coming up with some proper tactics and then going back in and beating them. And so that's all really good. That's all stuff that is not remotely a surprise that people have been doing with Realm Hacks for absolutely ages. And this just happens to be the one that I picked up. Um, but what I'm really enjoying is the uh, the physicality of playing it on a console and actually having it on a device that I'm not using for anything else. And I think it's just further consolidating how much I am enjoying the, the, the kind of situation of not uh, not shitting where I sleep with with video games. There's something there's something very nice about having a dedicated little system in my pocket that is full of all the cool little Pokemon. And you know, I've missed that. That's nice. It, it, isn't that literally what the Switch is now? Like, it literally can't do other things than play video games. I mean, that's true. That's certainly true. Um, I mean, you can always, you can whatever, jailbreak it, or whatever the fuck they call it. But like, I, by I default. Ser- 
Yeah, I think the thing that's slightly different about the Switch, um, and yeah, I guess this isn't necessarily... uh, I I guess I'm more comparing it to if I had chosen to boot up the ROM on my PC Mm -hmm. than uh, where where I think I would probably have gone. I've played a little bit of it and gone, oh, that's pretty cool, and then completely forgotten about it. Um, But I would say that it does feel different to the Switch because, um, and not least because because I've got drifty Joy-Cons, I mostly use the Switch as a home console anyway. I find it quite a miserable experience in handheld um which which means that the pokemon uh are currently locked to my tv set and if i want to play them uh i've just gotta get some more joy cons i i i've already done that and fool me once shame on uh shame on you yeah that's it fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me i don't quite remember the like i what i i I, like i are you maybe you're just getting really bum joy cons because it's like i I just feel like i have not had the bad luck that you've had with joy cons yeah it's very possible but either way uh they are not getting another penny out of me (laughs) uh i got a i got an 8-bit dough um controller uh, and that's been pretty good i was just thinking because my pro controller like um is showing its age and i was like i don't really want to get another pro controller but i've heard really good things about the epito pro 2 Mm -hmm. and i got one of those and uh you know it has a little switch so you can switch between like the pc um and and the switch the actual switch the nintendo switch mm. um and I, you know it's pretty good you can reprogram the buttons so that's good yeah, that sounds nice it has little uh little paddles on the the bottom on the on the like the handles the horns so you can add additional buttons Ooh. uh it's like like oh i really hate that i have to reach up to to do this thing you can just like map it to the paddle and you know have that done um a couple of questions one when you just say game boy advance are you talking about a game boy advance sp or are you talking about the original game boy advance i'm playing it on a game boy advance sp at the moment okay good because i was like playing it on an original game boy advance is miserable because there's no backline <laughs> yeah no i don't i don't know how we lived um, you can, I mean, like, there's, like, the, the, the afterburner kit, so, like, whatever, where you can, like, mod in, uh, a light to your original Game Boy Advance, but, uh, original Game Boy Advance, problematic. <laughs> Laura has been trying to make one of those, it's a, it's a very long-term project, I think, I think she's a little bit afraid of doing the soldering, um, but, but we there do There are people the who, who will do it for you, there are, like, there are, like, services, you can just, like, ship them your Game Boy and pay them whatever it is, like, 20 bucks or whatever. And uh, we'll just install it for you. It's a pretty sweet deal. Yeah. Uh, I would assume they just, they, they exist here. I assume they would exist in the UK. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, if you do want to play, um, most, most good emulators, most emulators that are accepted in like the community, um, are open source. So you can always go to GitHub and just look around. But, uh, if you want a Game Boy, a Game Boy Advance emulator, um, MGBA, which is open source, um, it's MGBA.io, or you can also find it on GitHub. Um, is a good Game Boy Advance emulator. Absolutely noted. Thank you very much. So, uh, yeah, the, I would say the, the the not that there aren't proprietary non-open source emulators that are good. Those definitely exist, and that for specific contexts, there are reasons why you would want those. But for the most part, a good indicator on should I download this is. Is it on GitHub? <laughs> like, is this <laughs> is this open source? Um, because, uh, like, hey, like, you know, <laughs> is this uh, just uh, on some like a uh, FTP site, or is this on like a like a is this being developed by a community? Uh, that's usually a good indicator. Yeah, yeah, no, okay, that's 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 very useful. Thank you. 
Um, so there you go. You can also play uh, wherever. And I also assume I assume that you could just move save files back and forth. Like I'm sure it's a little bit like you got to plug in a thing like a, a SD card and move the files back and forth. But if you really wanted to, <laughs> well, yeah, another sure. uh, another thing you could do. <laughs> Is get a go buy a GameCube, or if you still have your GameCube, and then go find a uh, Game Boy player, and then plug that into, into your TV, and then you can play the Game Boy Advance game on your TV. Oh man, like the Nintendo Switch. Exactly. The, the Game good. Boy player was the first Nintendo Switch. Yeah. <laughs> I had a Game Boy player when I was uh, but a teenager. Oh, I would have been very jealous of you. It was cool. It was cool as hell. I played um, a significant amount of games on it. I specifically, like, I definitely played a lot of Final Fantasy Tactics on the Game Boy, but on, like, on the Game Boy Advance specifically, but I also was like, well, fuck it, I want to play on the couch. Yeah. It's cool. Um, uh, any other, any other video games you want? Oh, Splatoon 3. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is my hype roundup, I guess. So we've got Splatoon 3 and Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, mm. uh, also on the list. Um, so, uh, I'll stick with Pokemon, actually. I'll, I'll okay. circle back to Splatoon 3. Uh, so there has been a couple of new trailers for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Uh, since we last, well, since we last spoke in an onboard lands capacity, and those games are finally starting to look genuinely pretty good and exciting. And um, I, it's one of those things where they've not really given me anything beyond, hey, it's Pokemon in an area that looks like Spain. One of them is a lizard. It's open worlds, which are all like, I mean, which are all either neutral or in the case of open world. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Further information needed. Um, but then they're, they're showing us all kinds of things that they're doing where they are. Oh, they're, they're, they're splitting it into three different storylines and they're showing us a lot of different areas and they're showing us a lot of um, exciting traversal stuff where you're, where you're running around on a, on a big lizard that looks like a motorbike. And I'm aware that that sounds very much, now that I'm saying it out loud, like exactly what we already knew. <laughs> and yet, uh, it just looks good. Now, I feel like they've articulated what is going to be fun about the game. They've articulated what's going to be a little bit more interesting about the game. And I'm now in a position with it where I'm like, hey, that looks like it will be flawed in some of the same ways that Pokemon Sword and Shield was flawed, but it also looks like a jolly nice time. So, and even if it up. is, even if it, uh, it doesn't necessarily uh, hit everything, you already had a good Pokemon game this year. Yeah, yeah, no, I and yeah, I'm, I'm and even if it was just equal to yeah, um, to Pokemon Sword and Shield, I liked that Pokemon game anyway. And yeah, as you say, Pokemon Legends Arceus came out this year, dang good time. So yeah, I'm in a, I'm in a position where I'm reasonably, uh, where I remain reasonably. Uh, happy as a as a pokemon person full um, it's a poker feast yeah it is a poker feast it's a it's a, it's a poker bounty yeah um and on splatoon 3 a similar similar location so again splatoon 3 was one where when they announced it i was very very hyped because we're going oh man it's it's like the first time they're making a splatoon game after any significant time away because splatoon 2 came very very quick off the heels of splatoon 1 and very much got the vibe that it was you know what if we're going to be putting our money in a yeah yeah if we're going to be putting our money in a uh in a in a big multiplayer franchise 
we probably want that to be on our newest console pretty quick. Um, so yeah, it seemed like a pretty quick job. So I was thinking, okay, now's when they're going to do all of the stuff that makes it feel like a big sequel, right? And then they kept on releasing a gameplay trailer and just like, hey, it's a turf wall. This person's got a bow. And I'm like, and they're going to show us what makes it a sequel, right? And they uh, finally, only one month ahead of uh, outside of release, um, put out a good old 30 minute um direct presentation where they were showing off a bunch of the new features and it's in the genre of uh <laughs> it's in the two point campus school of hey this looks better than splatoon 2 it also looks like about the same thing as splatoon 2 so it's lots and lots of little things that look like they're they've summed up to be something that i'm genuinely excited about i would say that it is like it's on the lower end of what I would have liked in terms of bold new ideas, but mm-hmm. there are so so many little things that it's like, oh, you've you've got a little locker space that you can decorate and put things in, and oh, they've put in a tabletop card game that you will collect things from in battles, and uh, all sorts of funny little things like that. Um, but either way, the long and short of it is, hey, I'm hyped for Splatoon three. It's going to be a really good time. There's also a, uh, it's like a, like a, I don't know, like a server test or whatever. That's this weekend, right? Yes. Um, and I know I, I watched through the Digital Foundry. Uh, you know, the 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 like pinnacle of analyzing like performance and graphical uh, features in video games on the internet. Um, I watched through there, like they had uh, access to like a technical uh, uh, alpha and. Um, like they're like, hey, listen, man, you know, it, it runs well, didn't drop a single frame in their entire in like, hey, this is, you know, this is pre-release code and it didn't drop a single frame. They have, you know, uh, dynamic resolution scaling. So, you know, if you're, pl- if you're plugged into the TV, it is, you know, it is aiming for 1080p. And then if it, if, if, if frames would have dropped, it will drop the resolution instead of dropping frames and, uh, runs pretty well. So. That's looking good. It looks like it's just like a, another, another good one of those. And, and hey, man, Call of Duty comes out every year and it's the same fucking shit. So why not? It's been a few years. So why not? Yeah, no, five years later. Um, and yeah, there, there is genuinely plenty of cool things that are going to make it feel fresh. Like they're, they're expanding, expanding salmon run. There's going to be giant boss salmon at the end of it. Mm. It's cool. It's a cool thing. If, if, Nintendo Online didn't exist, mm-hmm. uh, and I could just play for no additional cost. I feel like I would probably jump on Splatoon. Um, yes. But the idea of spending $60 for the game and then paying them $20 more for a bad service, I'm like, no, nah, probably not. Doesn't feel great, does it? No, I'm like, like if it, if it was like the Wii U where it was just you know the, the online was baked into the thing, I would probably I would probably be there with you, Rob. But um. Nintendo Online is bad, and I don't want to pay them money for it. Hey, that's fully understandable. Um, and their historically their offline um offerings uh fine, but I wouldn't call them uh, particularly robust. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, cool though. I'm glad that I'm glad that that Splatoon has stuck around and is like a a a substantial like franchise that Nintendo like cares about like releasing and updating. 
Me too. It's, it, it, would, it would have been so easy for it to have been that cool game that I really liked on the Wii U that we never saw again. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, what a good thing. Yeah. Very cool. Um, that that it is. It's just like a a fun thing, and also it, it is a uh, like a multiplayer and like you know kind of shooter. But it's a it's a thing that you could feel good about, like a like, like a kid playing, like a ten year old playing, because it's like. It's not not you're not murdering people. It's it's ink. Like it's fine. Yeah, no, I I think it's it's so much yeah, nicer than like I, I can't imagine, even if it played the exact same way, if it was themed around literally turning soldiers into paste, I probably wouldn't have put five hundred hours into yeah. it or whatever it is. Yeah, definitely. Um, seems cool. I don't know. And then also, like, what is it? It's like Rise of the Mammals or something, right? Yeah, Rise of the Mammalians. Mm. Um, have we seen, have we seen the mammal stuff? Not really. There were very loose hints towards it, towards the end of Splatoon 2. Mm. Um, the, and Mr. Grizz, uh, the, the, the owner of Grizzco that runs Salmon Run, um, is implied to maybe be a bear, but we've never seen him. He only ever speaks through a radio. So what's, what's going on there? It's problematic to think about how mammals would be squirting goo. Hey, <laughs> let's uh, let's not open that box of screaming. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, you're adding ma- mammals to the goo game? Uh, uh, I mean, you can, I guess, Nintendo. <laughs> Just close that suitcase. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I, I, it is cool. And it seems like uh, Nintendo's going to end this year pretty strong. Uh, Bayonetta 3 is coming out. I'm excited yeah. about that in October. Um, they got Pokemons. They got Splatoons. Um, that's, that's, it's, you know, they have yeah. a, they have a, a reasonable uh, end of year lined up. They just released the Xeno something. Xenoblade Xeno Chronicles 3. Yeah. I have played some of that. Uh, ah. I probably, I played probably four hours of it. And, um, Listen, that's a long game. I don't want to speak for the quality of the entire thing when I've not played the entire thing. But uh, those 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 uh, first four hours or so, pretty good. Starts well. Um, I'm into it. Um, and also, I have heard from multiple people on the internet who have uh, played through it. Um, good. It's just good. They they so also Xenoblade Chronicles Two. I would say is mostly good. Um, you know, there's some writing stuff. Uh, that, you know, it's, it has anime tropes that are not great. Um, and it, the resolution on when you were in handheld was really low, was really, really low. Um, and the folks at Monolith Soft, um, who are actually helping with, um, some stuff around the next, uh, Zelda game, um, they've made huge technical strides on the Switch hardware and, um, it looks way better. The, the visual quality, it was, it was fucking grungy in Xenoblade Chronicles <laughs> 2 when you were in handheld mode, and it looks totally fine in Xenoblade, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. So, big ups on the technical side. Like, they have made that game, like, listen, it, of course, it's not pushing it, it's like, it's not, hey, here's the latest and greatest in rendering. Of course not, but like, they make that game look much, much cleaner now. So that's cool. That's super cool. Uh, that's good. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, if you're looking for, uh, you know, uh, an RPG on your Switch, it's probably worth picking up. Um, I've, I finished two games that had kind of been sticking around, um, things that I wanted to finish and, uh, had not. Uh, I finished Stray, which is not that long of a game. It's probably like six, seven hours. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think the best 
part of Stray is those first two hours. Um, and much of what that game is after those first two hours is bad. Um, um, there's, so I think the part where you're a cat and you're doing cat things and you're scratching things up and you're walking around and you're bumping into robots and you're looking at how sad the robots are and exploring this little, you know, chunk of a city is cool as hell. Looks great. Is great. Good, great vibes. And then it becomes like, um, there are like long segments where it's like a, like a chase segment and that sucks. And then the end of the game is like a pretty long stealth segment and that sucks. <laughs> um, and I just find like a huge stretches of what that game does because they're like, well, I guess we have to put in video game shit, right? Um, it's like, well, this is wildly unpleasant. What happened to the part where it was like good cat vibes? Um, they get rid of the good cat vibes for like long, long stretches of the game. And I think that that shit is bad. Um, so Stray opens strong, uh, does not stay strong, stays, uh, a week, one might say. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a shame um you know listen it's not that long so like people and and your mileage may vary on how you want to deal with their fiddly uh subpar stealth uh maybe it's not as big of a deal for you but like the third time i'm trying to get the fucking ai of these robots to go into the jail cell so i can lock them in i'm like i'm having a bad time here <laughs> like this is not i'm not having a good time this isn't a fun video game that i'm playing but i'm like but i'm so close to being done i would love for this to be done but man is your video game really annoying so that's that's my stray review uh first two hours of stray probably the best hours of stray um and also horizon forbidden west i finished that off oh congratulations uh, uh, really good. Just, um, like, uh, I think that that game is better than the first game in, 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 like, most ways. And, um, I enjoyed myself the entire way through. I had a great time. Um, I think that the character work that they do, it's kind of like setting up a team in this game is really strong. And then they, they, you know, they set it up so there can be a, a, a third in the, in the series. And I think that that is pretty interesting. Um, I, the, like, I, I would love to see what that is when, whenever they do that, whenever they, they, finish off whatever that story is i am extremely there for it so they good good on you gorilla you made it you made a good game horizon forbidden west is worth playing um you should probably play the first game if you're gonna play the second game um but they're both really good i i liked them both um horizon is also one of those games both games that really i was unfortunate about when they came out the first one came out a few weeks before fucking breath of the wild and then this one came out a few weeks before Elden Ring. Oh, Jesus. It's brutal, right? Yeah, um, those, those poor developers. It sucks. But those games are really good. Um, and I, and like, I, I know that you didn't have a great time with like the, whatever, like the first eight hours or whatever of the first game. But, um, I think what they do with the story is really good. The gameplay is also, uh, I would say substantially improved. Um, being able to, they, they get, they have a glider. If they took the glider for Breath of the Wild, um, having the glider makes moving around a lot better. Um, a lot of that stuff's really good. Um, I think it's a great game and, uh, I, I'm, I'm happy to play more Horizon, uh, whenever they put out more Horizon. Uh, and then the last one is Saints Row, the reboot of the Saints Row franchise, and um, got pretty mediocre reviews. Mm-hmm. I waited to buy it until I saw the reviews, and I read the reviews, and I said, oh, I'm definitely buying this. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and I've played um, about three hours of it, and uh, I'm having a perfectly good time. Um, so I, lots of people talking about um, bugs. I have not personally uh, interacted with any meaningful bugs. Like, there is certainly some, like, um, minor animation glitching um, that I've seen, but that's certainly not game-breaking or anything that I would, like, really um, note. Like, all right, well... That's not optimal, but it's not like it, it's inter- interfering with my gameplay. Um, so that's that's just like a personal experience and like I luck of the draw, I assume. And you know, listen, there's more game ahead. Maybe I will run into some game playing, uh, you know, some game killing bugs later in the game, and I will report back on it then. But I've not in the, like the first three hours or so, I've not had anything uh, in the bug department uh, that has been uh, you know substantially uh, interfering with my experience, um, and I. Th- have enjoyed the character work. I have enjoyed the world. I think that the movement and shooting is totally fine. Um, I think that there is a, uh, something, a little bit of an echo chamber happening in like the review sphere of like <laughs> open world game bad, except for when it's Dark Soul open world game that good. Cause that's a good game. Um, then I'm like, you know, listen, man. People can enjoy whatever games that they want, but I, you know, reading through those reviews and being like, I was having fun, but icons on maps. Um, and it's like, all right, well, fuck off. Um, I am so far having a good time with the Saints Row. And I think that while I kind of miss the, like, <laughs> the, hey, we're in the Matrix, aliens invaded, all the way, um, bizarre, wacky off the wall shit that they were doing, you know, a decade ago. I understand why you can't constantly just, you can't continue to crank the wacky knob. Like, <laughs> the wacky knob maxes out. You can't just <laughs> keep pushing it. Um, so I understand why there's like a reset, why it's like, you know, it's still wacky, but this is like, you're driving around and you're shooting. You're not, you're not Neo in, in the video game. Um, I, I get it. Um, but you know, if it was a little bit Neo, I think it would be pretty cool. What if, also, what if they made a Matrix video game in 2022? That would be pretty cool. <laughs> pretty neat. Um, so you know, Saints Row. Um, I would also just say, like, listen, um, reviews in general and review aggregation, useful, but use it to, like, um, to calibrate against your tastes. So, like, you know, when somebody says, hey, this is an open world game and I don't like open world games, like, all right, well, know that that's what that person feels like. Or if this is like, oh, man, this is the best game. I love Dark Souls games. You're like, well, I don't like, I don't like Dark Souls games. <laughs> you know that when they give it a nine, it's not a nine for you. That's not what that means. Um, just keep that in mind when you're, when you're looking at reviews. And, and, um, I always come back to this, but like, uh, Mafia 3 was one of my favorite games of the year it came out and it got very mediocre reviews. It got like, a, like an average, like meta, um, meta score of 60 something. Um, just don't, don't let, don't let scores or, or aggregated scores scare you away from a video game. I think knowing what you're getting is, is good, but don't let, don't let numbers scare you away from a thing if you think it's something that you're going to like. I think as a as a as a minor sidebar anecdote, um, if ever I took review scores seriously, I feel like the website Board Game Geek has 
fully cured me of that. Where a lot of the very best games that I have played are rated about a six, six point six or something out of ten. Yeah, mostly on the basis that the people who rate games on there just want, oh, it's a big, complicated game which takes a hundred hours over yep. multiple play sessions, and you bite goblins with a sword or something, um, and is. I've, it's fully cured me, and I've gone, oh, all of these scores are fucking bollocks. Yeah. I mean, listen, I don't, I, I'm not, I am not, I'm not saying that, like, there's a conspiracy and the reviewers oh, are true. in on it, but, like, you always have to take review scores uh, with a grain of salt. And especially, like, when you're aggregating, it's, it's, it is, it is good to take the temperature of, like, what do reviewers think? But know that, like, Reviewers are also reviewing games in a way that is not conducive to things like big RPGs and open world games where you're spending like a hundred hours in a thing. Um, that sucks to do when you're reviewing something before release. That's a miserable experience and that taints their experience. Yeah. To be absolutely clear, I'm very pro reviews as yeah, a yeah, thing, yeah. Yeah. but. But yeah. taking taking scores as some sort of like this because this is scored well this is a good game it's, yeah just absolute hiding to nowhere yes exactly so yeah like reviews good scores have use but do not do not when something when something doesn't re- review like hey this is getting you know tens nines and tens uh this doesn't mean you shouldn't play it that just means like hey these people in this context weren't a huge fan of it and i think that is important to keep in mind uh since we're all I'll, I'll check in i'm gonna play more i'm into it so far maybe i won't be like maybe i am at peak saints row that's certainly happened before <laughs> on the podcast where i've played like four or five hours of something and i'm like this is good and then i come back the next week being like i had a terrible time <laughs> that's <laughs> happened stray 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 syndrome sure yep absolutely um so that's certainly the case or that certainly could be the case but um so far uh like in saints row if you and and my expectation is if you liked the other Saints Rows, you'd probably like the Saints Row. It's it's very similar. You probably you're probably going to like it. Um it's you know, it's a it's a bit uh more modern than the other ones. The other ones feel a little bit old. And I wouldn't say that this is like the cutting edge of a video game design, but uh, you know, it's it's a video game. It's silly, it's a good time. Um Cockroach Poker. Tell me about Cockroach Poker. Cockroach Poker is a very good example of what I was just talking about on the game Board Game Geek, uh, on the website Board Game Geek, because I think this game has got about, probably is about a 6.6, because it's a very silly game, it's a very stupid game, uh, and it has been eating up an absurd amount of my mind space. Uh, So it is a game, I can explain to you all of the rules right now. Um, There are 64 cards in the deck, There are eight each of eight different creepy crawlies. So there's scorpions, there's flies, there's frogs, there's rats, there's cockroaches, there's stink bugs, there's bats, and there's, yeah, there's another one. They've all got, they've got cutesy little illustrations, but they are still representing um, the beasts that want to eat your face uh, in the night. So everyone is that deck is split uh, evenly between all players, randomly between all players. So in a four player game, everyone would have a hand of 16 uh, and then one player will choose whoever around the table to give one of their cards to. They'll put it face down on the table and they will say something along the lines of 
that is a bat. And it is up to the other player to decide whether or not they believe me. They can say, yes, that is a bat. And if it was indeed a bat, they have called my bluff correctly and the bat goes back to me and counts against me. So it makes me one bat closer to losing. If you've got four of the same creepy crawly in front of you, you have immediately lost the game. Alternatively, if they say, yes, it's a bat, but it turns out, ah, no, it wasn't a bat. It was actually a scorpion. It goes in front of them. Very, very simple game. The thing that makes it really fun is the third option that this player has, which is um, if there are other players at the table who have not seen the card, they can pick the card up have a look at it, and then they have to say to them what they think. Well, well they, they then have to bluff what the card is to them or tell the truth about what the card is. So a card can go around the table and every single person has seen it. Every single person has said that it's a different thing or every single person except one has said that it's the same thing. And then you're all sat there trying to work out what your fourth friend is going to, whether they're going to believe that it is indeed a fly or they're going to get it wrong. It's a very, very silly game. Um, and it's just, I'll be sat there uh, in the shower, just going, I wonder if I could, uh, I wonder if I could just tell people to give, to give flies to certain people. I wonder if they go with it. It's just a, it's a very stupid game that I want to give a shout out to. That seems, Interesting. I like. I don't necessarily know if I love the a creepy crawly aspect of it, but um, a game you know, a, a a game that is is more based around the bluffing aspect. Uh, like because obviously, like poker, it has poker in the name, so like clearly, there's like the the bluffing is what it's inspired by, or what, like what inspired the the gameplay design. I think that is a a good thing for a game to be to to jump off of. Of like, what if we made a game that was you know primarily based around bluffing yeah and there's there's so much fun in i'd like a game that enables me to be chaotic i like a game that uh enables me to uh, do silly things or be a little bit ostentatious so i can go like send this fly to uh send this fly to laura please (laughs) um and like give people like a really obvious roguish wink all of that stuff i think is really funny um and the joy of having knowledge that like of three people around the table having knowledge and then watching all three of them watching the fourth person trying to riddle it out it's just it's just wonderful it's one of the it's one of those funny little social interactions that uh that wouldn't happen without a very a very doofy uh deck of cards so i wanted to wrap cockroach poker that's cool. And like in, in the same way as like other games that are not necessarily the same kind of game, but are adjacent, like a, like a werewolf esque or mafia style game yes. where there is strategy, but not strategy like, like it's usually conceptualized. Uh, it's a lot more like social strategy and not like mathing it out. You're not, you're not doing a math problem in your head about like, okay, if I move this here, this is going to take eight damage and then blah, 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 blah. And I find that to be, often pretty tedious and not fun but but things like that where you're doing you're you're doing strategy on like what do i think i can get away with from like a this person i know this person i think that i can trick them in this way is way more interesting to me yeah no absolutely love that kind of thing um and also in games that it's not like it's not like hey (laughs) 
here's a prompt to make a skit, but it is offering you these kind, like that style of game is offering you an amount of creativity. Like it, it is, it, it isn't like draw a thing or, or write a thing, but it, it, you are, it is asking you to play creatively, even if it is like how you're bluffing or like how you're executing your bluff, it, like requires you to be creative. Yes, no, absolutely. It, it, it really speaks to a lot of things that I, that I get on very well with. <laughs> Absolutely, it's like the it's like the best tasks in Taskmaster. Yes, where it's like absolutely. Hey, like, all right. Here's the thing: it's not too complicated. You don't have to. You don't have to sit there and fucking like write out a lesson plan or something. But like, it requires you to do some thinking and then creatively execute this thing. And it's not like, oh well, you didn't follow this one thing, and so you don't get any points. It's like, no, like, judge how cool this thing is. Did you make? So- did you do something cool? It- is is the best is the ones that i like the best on taskmaster yeah i don't i don't know if you've i presume you've caught up with the final champion of champions i have not i when i looked it was not on the internet oh interesting okay well i could find the first one but i could not find the second one oh there there was only the one of the of the second no 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 I, i could find champion of champions one i see i see i see but not champion of champions two Either way, yes. So that's just one episode, but all of the tasks are in that genre where it's like, you've got an hour, your time starts now. Or they've clearly like gone, okay, you just come up with an absolutely brilliant idea and we'll we'll try and see if we can do that. Yeah, it's. I agree. I love that kind of thing. Delightful. Um, speaking of British um, programs, I started watching QI with my wife. And how um, are you finding it? So we started at the beginning, and that was probably a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> probably yes um it is um a program that was being made uh old british television in 2003 and with that comes a bunch of baggage um so one uh often just fucking five white dudes yep uh, uh so it's like not a fan of that um or it'll be like you get one numeral one woman (laughs) um is is sometimes how that will work and that's not great um and it is a (laughs) i i i don't know i'm probably like 10 episodes into the first season and um it is a grab bag because sometimes if you get the right people it is like, okay, each question is kind of a prompt, and then they do some riffing, and it's a good time. And then yeah. sometimes it is 30 minutes of, did you know, other thing that is irrelevant and not funny. Yeah, yeah. I think particularly the early series are a little bit like that, yeah. Um, but it's like, it isn't like, oh, here's this predictable way to tell if it's going to be a good episode or a bad episode. It's seemingly random. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, uh, <laughs> it's pretty inconsistent. Um, also, uh, pretty talky over when there's a woman. The, a lot of talk over the women. Yeah, I, yeah, I almost, I almost, uh, chipped in earlier. The, when, as you say, there, there are, if there's lucky, be one woman on the panel and she'll maybe speak for, mm, <laughs> one, maybe half the time of, of the next most. 
uh-huh. talkative contestant. I will say Joe Brand does hold her own. Oh, Joe Brand is very well suited to QI. She's very good on it. She like will she she like will elbow her way in in that way that the other women who have been on the show thus far um, have not. In that like, yes. and I get it. You don't want to fucking compete with four of those people. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally. Um, so that's not great. Also, in like the third one, they, it's like, hey, here's a anti-Asian slur. And it's oh, like, yikes. oh, no, God. So listen, it's a product. It was a product of its time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, not great. Not, not, not a huge fan. Um, also lots and lots of war in Iraq jokes. That it's like, I get it, it's when it was made, but man, I don't know, maybe I don't want to hear about the war in Iraq. So yeah, of all of the things that you've said, none of them have been a surprise until the war in Iraq one, and I'm like, oh, good grief, I don't even remember that having been a thing. That's what, that's wild. Yeah, I, I mean, like, it's a thing that, like, it probably comes up, maybe not in every episode, but, like, two-thirds of the episodes, there will be some sort of, like, you're like George Bush, mate! Um, <laughs> and listen, listen, fuck George Bush and fuck, like, the war in Iraq, but... If I was a British person in 2003, maybe I wouldn't be throwing stones about the government doing war. Yeah, no, that's absolutely fair. Um, just my, just my observation of 2003 British politics is, uh, pretty into war, pretty into it, into, into doing war. Yeah, um, I think there was a perception that, uh, that George W. Bush dragged us with him, but I think Tony Blair was pretty, uh, I think at the time there was that perception. I do not think that perception has held. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, you mean the thing that you just signed up for? And the other countries that are very near you just said, nah. Oh, yeah, it's, oh, it's so he strong-armed you into doing war. Yeah. <laughs> um, not Yeah, so, like, wow, man, uh, 2003, in my head, in my head doesn't feel like that long ago. It was a long time ago. Yeah, when you said that you were going to start watching QI, I was, I was certainly worried about the just general... Um, the general 2003-ness of it all. Yes. Uh, I don't know. I, I I am half tempted to just keep on going, and the other and the other half of me is like, maybe I should just go with the what is the most recent season. <laughs> um, I, listen, like Stephen Fry, I feel like is a is generally a a uh, like entertaining, and that's good. Um, it's also a little bit weird, and, and like again, this is a product of its time because it's like. It's clear at the time that he's gay and like, but there's a lot of like dancing around homosexuality and using hex- homosexuality as a punchline. It's it's not necessarily like raw homophobia, but it is weird. It's like a it, like Western society, like British society, American society was in a really weird place with with like cultural vibes on what like sexual orientation was and how it was accepted publicly and it it feels awkward in that way of like we want to talk about it but we're not doing it very we don't have like the words for things uh or like like the way we would talk about it in 2022 yeah to my recollection that does get better later like i I don't remember it um like when I think of Stephen Fry era QI, I don't think of it as being repressed. I think of him as telling as as being quite openly gay in in mm-hmm. his role. 
uh, which is which is obviously a good thing. I don't know if that's just me remembering it as by the standards that I yep. had at the time and yep. seeing it in 2022 era eyes, or if it did just get better as he continued and <laughs> society continued. Um, but I feel like the difference is like here. Like here's the best way that I can like and like verbalize that is that if if this was if it was being done if if Stephen Fry was hosting and this thing in 2022, it would be the tone would be and it would be. Really written around or you know written in as much as they write anything the, the the tone would be that it would be hey some of our uh our studio audience some of the our watchers are also queer and this very much feels like here's like a gay person doing this for an audience who the like the creators of the show assume to be straight like to be like compad people yeah i think that's bang on the money yes um is is very much like a rigid e- uh, um expectation that like of course the people watching our program are straight white men in Great Britain yeah <laughs> um and that sucks um so like there's lots of things about it where I'm just like oh my god what were we doing and this is not me saying that like ah uh, yes. UK media was exclusively doing bad things and the United States media wasn't doing bad. Listen, 2003 era, uh, US media doing bad things. <laughs> um, doing bad things. Um, but man, is 2003 longer ago than you think it is? Yeah, oh god, it's absolutely eons. Um, like, as, as you said when you were watching, like, the first few series of Taskmaster, and you're going, man, it's really weird that there's only one woman on this. And, like, yeah, um, it's fucking weird! Yeah, it's, and it is super weird going back to those series and going, man, that's, uh... <laughs> what were we doing? Also, that wasn't that long ago! Really not that long ago, so yeah, 2003 by comparison. Oh boy! Yeah, um, and I think that this is like a great illustration of like, think how many blind spots we have currently, and we're just not thinking about them. Yeah, no, I look forward to uh, I look forward to one day being embarrassed about this. Yes, yes, of course. Um, and you know, listen, I'm not I'm not necessarily saying that like any of the people who were participating at the time, uh, I would maybe not. Uh, um, the, specifically the the anti Asian slur. It was like I'm going to use this in like a semi historical context. But if it was the N word, he would not have said the N word. Mm, mm, yeah, I think. Hmm, I think we were probably still in an era where we were going. Oh, it's kind of the end of history, isn't it? Basically, yes. post racial. <laughs> Yes. Um, we're so, all chums now. <laughs> yes. Um, so it's like uh, I'm. You probably will regret that. And like, like I think about, uh, um, there's a series of books that I really like and uh, that were like very inspirational to me as a teenager into, into like adulthood. Like the last, the last of the three came out and I was in like my mid twenties or something like that. Um, and, uh, it's by John Hodgman and they're a book. The, the, the premise of it is, is that there, it's a book of facts that are, uh, not true, but that's, it's like the premise and then it goes off into like long, pros and doing like short story things that are like not really the premise of the that is given to you and what the book is but i really like them but like i can immediately list off things that it's like this was written in like 2000 the first one was written in like 2006 and there is some like transphobic shit um and things that like 
John Hodgman in 2022, I guarantee you, like, disavows them and wishes that he did not write that. But he did write that, and it is in the book. Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? It's such a... It's such a... Mm. History, it's bad. <laughs> Humans, yeah. problematic. Um, yeah, you know, uh, people grow. Uh, society changes. Often, so here's also the problem. Uh, society changes um, sometimes, maybe often, uh, for the worse. <laughs> um because like of course there was like transphobia uh in and the time in like 2006 but like <laughs> it was it wasn't a stump speech like hey fuck those trans people wasn't a stump speech by republicans in 2006 it is yeah. now it is now like you are being you are being it's not just hey there's general societal oppression of course there was and there still is now but now it's like there's that there's that general societal oppression and also we are targeting you explicitly and pope publicly and openly now yeah i feel like it i mean particularly in the uk where transphobia turf is Island. particularly yes so yes a horrible little turf rock in the middle of the sea um the, i feel like there was a lot of uh i feel like there's a rich history of uh jokes that would probably today be considered transphobic but mm-hmm. sort of like comedy cross-dressing and i feel like as as, as society has progressed we have really managed to split that into two factions of, oh, sorry, I thought we were just having a laugh, I now understand. And the other people who are like, no, seriously, I find that ridiculous, make it stop. <laughs> like, it's really, it's really, uh, it's really gone, um, you know how oil and water will split out, it's really. <laughs> yes, yes. It's like a yogurt that is kind of curdled into two into two factions. Yeah, it's really complicated. It's a really complicated thing, like specifically things around cross-dressing, because it's like, of course, there's totally fine cross-dressing, like th- things that are even done like with humor. Yes. If it is done in, in like good humor and not like trying to dehumanize people is like, it's totally fine. The problem is that it is often difficult to get people to distinguish between like the the stuff that is uh you know not trying to dehumanize people and the stuff that is trying to dehumanize people yep uh is it is often difficult to get people to understand that part or it's like yeah man like i i i think that it broadly is true that there aren't topics that are necessarily quote unquote off topic or, or like or like off the board in in joking about but how you joke about them is important um like can you joke about uh trans people of course but if you're doing it in a way that is trying to dehumanize them that sucks and you're a bad person (laughs) maybe don't yeah don't do that if you're like having a good time and they're included and all that stuff it's fine but if you're not doing that that is bad you shouldn't dehumanize people um and we're we're (laughs) historically not been great about that (laughs) no um, it's another problem is like, so, uh, one of my all time favorite programs, um, is Arrested Development. And then it has its own problematic shit. And it's like, uh, like there's, uh, uh, like a, in the third season, there's a whole thing about, um, somebody with, who is, who is, um, handicapped and that, that is like very much ableist, um, and not great. And if it was 2022, it definitely super duper would not be in the show. Yeah. Um, so there's that part, but there's also the part in that, it basically is a show. It was, you know, it's an Iraq War show. <laughs> it's a show about that has the Iraq War. So, like, there's there's that aspect that it maybe isn't the greatest to come back to. But also, it's a show about rich narcissists. 
Um, that is, it is like all of those people is just like, it, it, it is, it is basically, Hey, here are the Trumps. Nice. And, and it's like, that was, it, it's funny. And like, you know, it's taking aim and it's, it is saying like, Hey, these people are like the worst people. Like these rich assholes who only care about themselves are terrible. And so like that, you know, that, that general tone is there and clear. It's not, no, nobody is leaving Arrested Development thinking that these rich narcissists are good people. Um, but I've had enough of rich narcissists. <laughs> So even though I think it is a show that ha- I have laughed the most, the most out of like any program that I've ever seen, like there are, there are some things in those first three seasons of Arrested Development that I, 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 I don't know if I've ever seen anything funnier, but, um, I haven't watched it in a long time and I probably won't watch it in the foreseeable future because I deal with rich narcissists too much in my, in my real life. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it is funny um, how many things just end up in that in that sweet spot of oh that thing's very important to me I'll probably never see it again that's fine yes like it it would probably hurt if if I watch this again I should I should steer away from that I will it will just uh, it will just uh, warm my heart in my memories yes yeah <laughs> um, it is genuinely the best way to keep some things. Yes, yes. In 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 the like, not not again. It is not even like, a, oh, this aged poorly. It probably is more poignant now than it fucking was even then. But it's like, no, I can't. I can't do that. What am I going to like spend three seasons of a of a you know a a show thinking about Donald Trump? No, thank you. <laughs> I think about that man too much as it is. No, thanks. Um. So yeah, um, in terms of, of, of video games, oh, we've been playing, uh, if you haven't heard other episodes, we've been playing, uh, Borderlands 3. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, new Tales of the Borderlands is coming out. It's, it's the later this year, but I think it's fat, it's sooner than I, I thought. Yeah, really soon. It's, I think, is it November? I think that's right. And, uh, the new Monkey Island, Return to Monkey Island, it's coming out. It's like, we're, we're like three weeks away. Yeah, goodness. Yeah, it's, uh, September 19th. So yeah, yeah. Uh, just Talk under Talk like a, a pirate day. Yes. <laughs> yeah, for some reason that has made it stick in my head, even though I didn't necessarily know that Talk Like a Pirate Day was the 19th. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's my is... cousin's birthday, which is also why I remember that September 19th <laughs> is, is Talk Like a Pirate Day. Um, it's, it is weird to think that one, there is going to be a, a Ron Gilbert helmed, uh, Monkey Island game in 2022. And two, that it's like here, that it's like, oh, it, it is almost done. Yeah, they kept on saying, oh, we're going to be releasing it in 2022, but they didn't have a date. And I was thinking, yeah, is it really going to release in 2022? Yeah, yeah, it is. And like, and I know that there was some stuff because it's like, he's like, I'm not going to post stuff because people are mean to me about the art style. And I think that like bullying people on the internet sucks. Um, yeah. But I do not love the way it looks. No, nor do I. But you know what? It's another Monkey Island and I'm, I'm interested in that and I'm going to buy it and I'm going to play it and I'm probably going to have a good time. So yeah, it's, it's been a big week for former Telltale properties. It's true, and also at at so Game, Gamescom's like opening night was yesterday, and uh, te- the the whatever the corpse of Telltale is also they showed they had a like a big thing about um their the the expanse I think is what they're doing. Oh, the bloated corpse of uh, of Telltale, they rolled it over and it uh, yes exuded some hair. Yes, very much that, and then also um it's, the, the, uh, I think it was like Wars was it Wars no it's not Wars. It's it's something. Let me see if I can find it before before the show ends. Um, there's there was a there was a thing that was announced, and it was 
some people who were from Bethesda, some people from Bioware, and I think some people from Telltale uh, are putting out a game, and they showed a trailer last night, if I can fucking find it. Um, I want to say Wormwood, something like that. It, 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 it looks like the word Wyoming, which is what sticks in my head. It, it is Wiro Song. Oh, okay. W-Y-R-O-S-O-N-G, which is a tear. <laughs> Listen, I, I don't know if, did you watch any of the, any of the, uh, Gamescom stuff? Uh, own, only Search from the Borderlands and, uh, Secret of Monkeys. Yeah. Those, I mean, those are the good ones. Um, I didn't watch it live, but I was posting trailers, uh, today. And, um, so many space games that the video game industry is out of ideas. It goes, <laughs> We got, uh, what if we put up a game and you were in space? Um, what if, uh, it was a game and there were zombies? And like, that's, those are the, those are the ideas that they, <laughs> that they have. <laughs> that's all they got. Um, which is not great. It was, a uh, it's a bad show. Um, and I think that those Jeff, Ge- those Jeff Keeley shows in general, uh, bad. Those are bad and you shouldn't watch them. You should watch the, like, the two or three trailers that are in them that, of things that you care about. And, uh, you should not waste your time, is how I feel I, about all of those Jeff Keeley things. I think I opened a live blog. I saw the words the Callisto Protocol and I immediately closed the live blog again. Yes. Uh huh. And, like, listen, it isn't even like, oh, fuck the Callisto Protocol in particular, but it's just like, oh. It's, this is, this is whatever fucking brown ass video game. This is like whatever Gears of War was in the mid aughts. That's what the Callista Protocol is, is in 2022. Yeah. I, I think it, I think it gains oh fuck off points for A, being omnipresent. I feel like I watched about five trailers for that game over the course of whatever the summer was. Uh, and B, quite tastelessly gruesome. Oh yeah. It's fucking gross. It's yeah. gross as hell. They're just like s- severing people in half. It sucks. Yeah, and then Jeff Keighley is contractually obligated to say, "Wow, didn't that look great?" <laughs> Here's some Mountain Dew. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, let's wrap this sucker up. Rob, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can go to soundcloud.com forward slash Rob D Webster. Uh, and if you want to see what I do, head over to Grant Bruner. Dot com for the weekly roar. I'm Grant Bruner. I'm Rob Webster. Have a good one. Shop back.